This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. This is episode number uh, 59, and it is recorded on Friday, January 4th, 2018. We're broadcasting live at 12.10 p.m. Central Standard Time in Chicago, in downtown Chicago. Uh, and I'm very glad to have everyone uh, listening live here on uh, the the uh, live stream that we're broadcasting right now. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about um, Jerome Powell. We'll talk about the uh, ongoing and continuing to go on government shutdown. Uh, that has been going on for quite some time. In fact, it has actually been going on for exactly, let me see, 13 days, 13 hours, 11 minutes, and 28 days. Seconds. There was just an airstrike that killed a mastermind behind USS Cole bombing, uh, according to one source. Talk about that. Also, an air. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, Kim Jong Un. He had a New Year's message for uh, people and warning, uh, basically a warning to the United States, uh, saying that. Well, we'll talk about it. It's very interesting. He he almost um kind of. I don't know. It's interesting. He talk. He basically. Um, says and kind of acts like he's coming from the righteous, good side, like as if he is the moral person in this story, or he he leads the moral country, uh, which is very interesting. We'll also talk about uh, Ben Shapiro in the 16th minute of his uh, podcast called uh, The Ben Shapiro Show in the episode 687. He played a clip of Trump. Um, talking about what it would be like for him to be a general, and I thought that was kind of a funny highlight that I'd like to point out on the show today, because it's Friday, of course, and you're listening live to the Jay Doherty Podcast. Enjoy for the rest of the show. There's a lot to talk about. Also, uh, sorry, I forgot to mention this in the beginning. The Dow Jones and all the stock markets across the board are super high up, and we'll talk about the reasons for that, because they've been doing very terrible uh, within the past couple weeks. We'll talk about why they're up, and it's all coming up next on episode number 59 of the Jade Woody Podcast. Episode number 59 of the Jade Rorty Podcast, and, you know, this is something that is just insane. I didn't even mention this in the intro, but Donald Trump uh, has defended the Soviet Union's 1979 invasion of Afghanistan. He's defending uh, things and attacks that have happened more than 
30 years ago. That is what the man is doing in his Oval Office uh, chair right now where he's sitting. Uh, and there's a lot of things that are happening at the moment that we're all going to talk about and discuss on this episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. Uh, first of all, let's get to the breaking news. According to a United States official, an airstrike has killed a terrorist behind the United States or the USS Cole bombing. Uh, the uh, terrorist that uh, supposedly was killed by this USS uh, Cole bombing um, was a uh, 2010 attack on the USS Cole, and he was, uh, uh, that, that's what he organized, and he was um, uh, apparently killed in a uh, Yemen bombing and a U.S. airstrike on Tuesday, and that's according to a United States administration official, of course, it's an unnamed source and everything, but the man's name is Jamel Ahmed Mohammed al-Badawi, and he was an al-Qaeda operative who the United States uh, believed helped orchestrate uh, the October 12, 2000 attack on the USS Cole, and I believe that killed around 15, maybe maybe even more, 17, sorry, sailors, and, uh, of course, they just have just, uh, successfully pulled out in, in its official, uh, that they have killed the mastermind behind this USS Cole bombing, and that's breaking news right now on the Jade Doherty podcast. Uh, we'll also talk about um, so, I mean, there's really not more to it. We'll have the full report that is published about the attack and other things about the attack uh, on the website, j-doherty.com. Uh, but basically, the, the bottom line is that this man uh, who conducted this terrible attack on uh, killing 17 people on uh, October 12, 2000, uh, was now killed, and it is official. And that's a report that we're getting right now as of uh, six minutes ago out of a uh, trusted source, and uh, reports and files and uh, all details will be listed on the website j-doherty.com, and if you want to go ahead, it's actually a great website, uh, great, well, not great, I mean, it's great subjectively, but uh, it is a great resource to learn uh, facts, news, and more about everything that we talk about, uh, and it's really fun when we have these breaking news stories like these, and especially when it's a, when it's a success on behalf of the United States. Very, very interesting. Let's talk about how Trump is defending the Soviet Union. <laughs> So he's defending this this attack, this 1979 invasion of Afghanistan, uh, for no particular reason. He seems to be doing that constantly, and as an example, of course, when he tweeted out against uh, Rex Tillerson, saying that he was dumb as a rock, uh, just about you know five months after he fired him, which was very very interesting. Um, and yeah, so there was a report published where he talked about this. There was actually an interview with uh, a guy who named Keith Benedict, who's part of the United States Army, who talks about, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, I don't know, the, uh, just kind of the general uh, consensus that Trump has formed within his cabinet and within his staff, and he tells, he tells these troops in the United States not to demean, I mean, this is what he basically does, okay, this is exactly what he said, he says, he tells them that they are, quote, and I'm not even getting this, the suckers of the world, they are no longer the suckers of the world, that is what, uh, the, that, that, that's what he's saying about the United States to these troops, he says that, uh, he tell he's telling these people as if they didn't know because, you know, we spend about, uh, you know, 1.7 trillion dollars, 42% more than every other country in the world combined on defense spending, that we are no longer the suckers of the world. This is a historical statistic 
statistic that we have been spending so much more on defense spending, and it's really, the fact that he tells it to the military infers that he is, you know, talking about some militant aspect of the United States, but it's really unclear and kind of ambiguous as to what the you know, what what, what uh, the inspiration for that statement is that he's telling these troops, because it's really just, it's it's not only unnecessary, but also it's also kind of unexpected and uh, very, very interesting. Uh, so, yeah. Um, he also had a cabinet meeting, uh, just to talk about this, why not? Uh, maybe he discussed what he was going to say to these troops in the cabinet meeting, but it was a 90-minute cabinet meeting, and it was open to the press at the end, and he said, he briefly argued that the Soviet Union, quote, was right to invade Afghanistan in 1979 because terrorists were going to Russia. And as inaccurate as that is... Not only the statement, but also the factual evidence that he, well, the supposedly factual evidence that he has presented, it's just historically inaccurate. Um, it, it's very, very interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really understand this. So, you know, this is, I mean, he goes on, and I'll just read the quote for the sake of it. He says, Russia used to be the Soviet Union. Afghanistan made it Russia because they were in bankrupt fighting in Afghanistan. Russia. So you look at other country uh, countries. Pakistan is there. They should be fighting. Okay, not 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 to take this out of context or anything, but do you understand if just by reading that statement on paper, the way he talks is like at a fourth grade reading level, and I don't mean that in a bad way whatsoever. There's actually a report put out by uh, the Daily, um, I believe it was the Daily Post, where they analyzed all of the candidates, what reading level they you know, consistently spoke at in their speeches. And Hillary Clinton, during the race, was at an 8th grade reading level. Bernie was at a 10th grade reading level. This is just off the top of my head. There there was, uh, you know, I think Santorum or someone was like in the 12th grade or something. But the people who spoke in a more simple fashion ended up doing better. There was someone who spoke at a third grade level, and I can't remember who, but I, I mean, it must have been, you know, Ted Cruz or John Kasich or something, where they got into the very end of the race, and they were all speaking in simple sentences. The one word that Trump uses that seems to be kind of a, um, uh, I don't know, stand stand out a little bit more, is that he, he constantly uses the word tremendous, and, um, you know, I, I think he's taught everyone what that word means for those who didn't know what it meant, because he constantly uses it, although all of his sentences, as you can tell by this statement and many others, he says everything in very short, simple, non-complex sentences, and just to, to analyze this, Russia used to be the Soviet Union, period. Afghanistan made it Russia because they went bankrupt fighting in Afghanistan, period. Russia, period. So you take a look at other countries, period. Pakistan is there, period. They should be fighting, period. I mean, it, it's... Is this how he won the election? By, like, talking in these very short sentences? <laughs> I don't know. It's the Jay Doherty Podcast. Let's take a look at some other news. The government is still shut down. That's not really news. It's been shut down for 13 days, 13 hours, 23 minutes, and 5 seconds. And as of two hours ago, just about, uh, there are a lot of Republicans that are 
kind of trying to weigh Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, uh, particularly Senators Cory Gardner uh, and uh, Susan Collins of both Colorado and Maine, say the shutdown should end before a deal, of an official deal, is made and passed on the about the wall, uh, or at least some barrier about border security. Democrats who passed the two bills in the House last night, which was very famous in the first 116th Congress, that was made a kind of an official deal, uh, they believe not only to hold the political high ground in the fight just by the way that they debated and the way that they led themselves, but the policy has been uh, kind of going around almost as some analyze, uh, analysts are saying as hot potato in the back into the laps of the Republican Party and uh, that's what a lot of aides and people who are assisting the president are saying now there's photographs about uh, Donald Tr- well of Donald Trump in the situation room of the White House which is very interesting they have a lot of open photography there that's something that historically we haven't even seen but uh, in the in January 2nd 2019 two days ago there was a photograph taken with uh, he himself Trump Pence uh, with a bunch of Republican and Democratic congressmen and uh, congressional leadership of committees and other parts of Congress uh, in the situation room of the White House, and if I'm not mistaken, the situation room is the um, five-floor underground bunker uh, in the White House, and I suppose they are talking about the government shutdown, and I could be totally wrong about where it is, but I believe this is kind of like the war room, um, um, and it's uh, typically a no-press zone, and it's normally talking, you know, in the situation room, there is a situation, uh, 9-11, you know, when they were talking about, uh, of course, historically, just to be accurate here, I don't want any fake news to be (laughs) accused upon myself, um, but, you know, during 9-11, of course, George Bush was in the air for most of, you know, the time that it was, that it actually happened, he was on Air Force One, kind of flying, I believe he flew into New Mexico at at, at some point, but, you know, Dick Cheney and a lot of these, his other, uh, presidential leadership and administration gathered around in the Situation Room and talked about all of this, uh, you know, stuff, and it's really interesting to see this new administration kind of wipe, and this new kind of wave of Donald Trump wanting to be more and more bipartisan, which is, which is not only refreshing, but it's also kind of very different, uh, something that we haven't seen from Mr. Trump. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, you would have uh, known that I predicted that it is a possibility that Mr. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican senator who introduced Nancy Pelosi yesterday when she was uh, elected into her office, could run for president. And I'm only saying that because not only I do I want it to be uh, historically accurate and just make sure that it's there in the books, I put it on Twitter as well, but uh, I, I'm looking at this photo, we'll have it embedded on the website, jfndorty.com, of Trump and these tons of congressional leadership and others sitting down. We have Chuck Schumer, I see. Actually, I see at the far right of the table, and correct me if I'm wrong, in, you know, in the comments and on Twitter, I believe I see Jared Kushner at the, at the farthest, farthest seat from the president. That's very interesting. So, yeah, and, you know, I, I have to say, I believe on that computer... I see them running Windows 10. So they are running Windows 10 in the Situation Room, ladies and gentlemen. No more Windows 7 here for the Situation Room. And uh, that's kind of interesting. just want to point that out. 
that's basically what happened. I mean, the Senate has been adjourned until Tuesday and other things like that. Um, but as of today, uh, you know, there's been a bunch of measures about reopening the government that have aimed that have been, you know, just come from the Democrats as a whole. Um, and there's more meetings that are happening in the Situation Room with congressional leaders and more uh, in against in this Situation Room with which is typically a no press zone. So very, very interesting. We'll have to see what happens uh, about that and, and a lot more stuff. But let's take a look at what happened yesterday because there was kind of a historical moment, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, that happened from the briefing room of the White House. It's the Jay Doherty Podcast, episode number 59. So, Mr. Trump, for the first time ever, addressed the press and the people from the podium of the White House press briefing room. Uh, This has never, ever, 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 ever happened before, and it probably never will, to be quite honest. Uh, Mr. Trump addressed and uh, made a surprise appearance uh, in front of the people yesterday with a bunch of... uh, Union, well, I guess, I mean, you could refer to them as non-Border Patrol official agents, but they are union uh, workers, and the way that Sarah Sanders uh, introduced Mr. Trump and uh, all the people behind him was a little bit unconventional in the way that he did it, and the, the president wasn't exactly on time, if you know what I mean. Uh, we'll play this clip here. It's, it's very, very interesting. We're going to kick 2019 off just slightly differently, um, and I'd like to welcome a very special guest for an appearance here in the briefing room, our very great President Donald J. Trump. Our very great President. I don't think that's ever, ever, ever been said, in the, at least in that fashion. And he, he arrives just a little bit late, and Sarah Sanders actually acts as the doorwoman for him. And uh, he, he walks through, and uh, of course the cameras start flickering. He walks up to the podium and says hello, even before he gets to the podium. Hello, everybody. This is a beautiful place. I haven't seen it. Beautiful place. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I just want to start off by congratulating Nancy Pelosi on being elected Speaker of the House. It's a very, very great achievement. And uh, hopefully we're going to work together and we're going to get lots of things done, like infrastructure and so much more. I know they want to do that very badly, so do I. So hopefully we're going to have a lot of things that we can get done together. And I think it's actually going to work out. I think it'll be a little bit different than a lot of people are thinking. Uh, So I congratulate Nancy. Tremendous, tremendous achievement. And I just wanted to explain to folks that I'm with on the day, as people I've known very well over the last two years, people that have been extremely supportive of what we're doing on the border. They're tough. They're smart. They think. They love our country. They, they have every quality. And I, I'll tell you what, I really know them well, and they have the kind of qualities that we need in our country. And they've done a fantastic job at the border. It's ICE and it's Border Patrol. And a man who's really become a friend, in a sense, uh, Brandon, I, I will say this, uh, Brandon Judd has been a stalwart in terms of justice for people, in terms of fairness. And in terms of the toughness you need, you have some pretty tough situations. It doesn't get much tougher. So I just want to thank uh, Brandon and all of the folks. I'm going to have them introduce themselves right now and also say a few words about the wall, about you can call it a barrier, you can call it whatever you want. But essentially, we need protection in our country. We're going to make it good. Uh, the people of our country want it. I have never 
had so much support. Okay, so he goes on and talks about how much support he has uh, for the wall, which of course is not evident as the government has been shut down for 14 days. Uh, but uh, these people that are standing behind him, Trump refers to them as uh, border patrol agents. And while they could be and probably once were border agents, they're not technically, at least uh, the the ones who uh, speak in the beginning, they're not technically employed by uh, the government. So they are basically union uh, workers and activists for people who have who have these jobs or uh, for themselves and others who uh, have the same jobs and they want to kind of they've taken in their taken it into their own hands to activate it join groups and form unions and other kind of places to not only encourage workers you know financially but also politically and that seems to be what they're doing with Trump as he made this uh, surprise uh, appearance in the White House briefing room something that he's never ever done in the history of his whole presidency uh, and you heard in the beginning um, uh, one of the reporters said you're welcome here anytime and I think that was almost a sarcastic kind of thing to say because he's never been at the White House podium ever before and uh, certainly a very big surprise appearance there from Mr. Trump and uh, his very good friends who almost look like bodyguards in the background. Uh, we'll put the website, we'll put the image on the website. They all, they're all wearing suits and they all look pretty serious. And I think, it, I don't know, it, it just, it look, it's very interesting. It looks like they're the Secret Service behind him. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you think, let me know because this show is based on audience interaction. I want you guys, the people who listen out there, to let me know what you think about the podcast and what you think about existence as it is, and um, any topics that I cover on this show, please, please let me know. It's the Jay Dorney Podcast, episode number 59. Oh, nope, that's not the right sound effect. Here it is. Sorry, I didn't have my mouse clicked on the wonderful software that is QLab, because we're going to be talking about this uh, wonderful day for the stock markets. The Dow is up 3.53% at 223,487.39 points, up 801.17. NASDAQ is up 4.6% at 6,660.98 points actually just jumped up and uh, wow it just got up to 6798.60 uh, points and that's up 296.60 the S&P 500 up 3.62% at 2536 and 42 up 88.53 in terms of points this is all as of 12:33 p.m. central standard time apples at 148 and 22 up 4.24 valued right now at about 800 billion dollars uh general electric 8814 uh, Excuse me, 814 uh, up 0.99. Google uh, is staying relatively consistent within the 1076 mark. Japan down to 2.26% in the Nikkei market, 225 at 19,561.96, down 442.57 points. And that's the only world market in terms of Hong Kong, London, and Germany that is down today. Hong Kong is up 2.24%, the Hang Seng market at 25,626.03 points, up 574.26 London F- FTSC 100 which market is currently closed due to the time change and time zone difference is at 6837.42 up 2.16% at 147.89 the Germany DAX market up 3.37% at 10,767.69 points, up 382.86 from the last. Let's take a look at the commodities. Oil and uh, corn, as well as gas, are up. Gold and silver are down. Oil's at 47.92, up 1.76. Gas is at 301, up 2.24. 
Gold is 1285 and uh, 0.50, down 0.72% from the past. Uh, silver doing very well. You know, when I covered this before, uh, even though it's down today, it's actually progressively uh, it has been doing very well. It's at $15.77 for silver, down 0.17%. Uh, and it's uh, gotten to the $15 mark. That uh, was kind of a big jump recently. Corn is right now at $382 uh, up. 0.59% from the past. And if we average out all of the stocks and how they're doing in 2019 so far, uh, the Dow has been up 0.73%, the NASDAQ up 1.64%, uh, and uh, the uh, S&P 500 is up 0.98%. So a very good day for the stock markets today, and uh, also a very good day for uh, currencies around the world. The euro is worth uh, one dollar and fourteen cents. The British pound one twenty-seven, one dollar and twenty-seven cents. <laughs> I don't want to. Not one hundred twenty-seven dollars. Japanese yen at one hundred eight and forty-six. Canadian dollar is just seventy-five percent of the U.S. dollar, and the Chinese yuan is six six yen, and that's what the. Uh, uh, that that is what the currency and uh, exchange in terms of money and more is at right now. Certainly a very very good day for the markets and everything like that. So let's talk about this Ben Shapiro guy and then we'll move on to Kim Jong Un and wrap things up a little bit. It's the Jay Doherty podcast episode number fifty nine, uh, and you are listening to it again. I for, I forgot to turn my fader up here. I'm sorry. I'm I'm new to this uh, new to this system here. It's the Jay Doherty podcast episode number fifty nine. That was way too long, and I don't know why I did that, but I just did. Uh, this is the Jay Doherty Podcast, and uh, Ben Shapiro had an episode called Chaos Theory yesterday, episode number 687 of his podcast, and he, he kind of talked about uh, this one little funny clip that Trump said about how he would be such a good general. Take a listen. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I think I would have been a good general, but who knows? <laughs> well, I mean... Who knows? Okay, look, here's the thing. When President Trump is like this, when President Trump does this sort of thing, uh, it, it, it does raise the question as to how much his personality is impacting his policy decisions. Whether it's personal animus that is driving his decision-making on Syria or in Afghanistan, whether it's his personal like for Kim Jong-un that is driving his policy on Kim Jong-un, what's the separation between personality and policy? And the answer for Trump is, I think, not much. I think that personality does drive his policy in many ways, and that means that he is reacting to circumstances around him, sometimes for bad, but sometimes for good. And this I think this is actually a very, point. very so, good point. Trump, and I, do not think, I think not only uh, in, in terms of policy, but also in terms of uh, how he campaigned. You know, he, he basically, he, I mean, People, even the dislike of Trump is based off of his personality most of the time, not his policy. I mean, when you see just people, people are mad at Trump for the way that he, for the, for what he said, not related to policy and what he said, except for in the border case. But you know, people are mad at Trump for certain things that he's done, like the uh, you know uh, Hollywood tape, the way that he conducts himself, the way you know the way he. Um, kind of just conducts himself, you know, morally and ethically and things like that, and they think, you know, he's kind of sketchy. And other than really the Cohen investigation, the Mueller investigation, uh, the, you know, the 7,000 other investigations that he's had through his life and the Border Patrol wall, I think he's pretty well liked uh, other than his personality. So I don't really, you know, I mean, that's a lot of dislikes, but, uh, you know, I think more people really like and dislike him for his personality and the way that he conducts himself rather than, you know, his actual policy that he 
puts forward. Let's take a look at uh, the other side of the world. Uh, one Mr. Kim Jong-un delivered a New Year's message in a very uh, custom-tailored suit in the hall, and... Um, in in this uh, North Korean hall, and he kind of started yelling, and we'll translate it. Um, uh, you know, in the case, in the rare case that you do not speak Korean, uh, we will translate the uh, the Mr. Mr. Kim Jong Un's words for you. This is the Jay Doherty podcast. Let's talk about Kim Jong Un next. There we go. I got it right. I got the, I got the music right. Uh, he walks into this room with these he walks into this palace basically in this room in a palace and there's all these books on the it's it's a very interesting video and it's very aristocratic in the way that he deals with himself and you got to remember the guy is only about 24 25 years old and you know Donald Trump is 70 so you know you're dealing with a millennial and a baby boomer, or well, he, I don't even know what Trump is, <laughs> he's just another alien or some sort of species. Let's take a look at what he had to say in the new year. He warns the United States, but also said that he would sit down with Donald Trump. This is Kim Jong-un's New Year's message. And that's his statement right there for the New Year's Day. And before I start translating this, I want to correct myself. I said that he was about 20. He's actually 35. I did not know that. I did not know that he was that old. And I know 35 is not that old for a political leader, but I really did not uh, know or think that... uh, that 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 uh, you know he was that age, but let's translate what he said. He's actually kind of open in the beginning, but then uh, basically said, you know, if you if you make me mad or you make anyone mad for any reason whatsoever, I will basically destroy your country. At least that's what he threatens to say. The whole statement goes like this: He says, "Our parties and our governments and my resolve and uh, for complete denuclearization remains unchanged. We have proclaimed that we will no longer make nuclear weapons, and um, we will not use them or spread them." Uh, which is kind of a change in mood and tone. He also says that we have also taken various... And this is a quote. I know it's not proper. I said also twice. But his quote is, We've also taken various practical measures already. And uh, he goes on to say that he is always ready to sit down again with the United States president at any time. And when you look at the exact translation, he does not say Trump's name, but he goes on to say that he will make efforts to produce an outcome, uh, which, of course, is review, um, kind of coming back to uh, the denuclearization of what he believes and things like that and, and how the United States and Kim Jong-un and North Korea can work cordially. 
cordially together. But he says, however, if the United States uh, miscalculates our people's patience, this is where it gets kind of weird. He says, if they calculate our people's um, um, miscalculates our people's patience, uh, we uh, enforces something upon us and pursues things like sanctions and pressure. He says, uh, basically, we have no choice to fight back. And he said that if they do this, if they put sanctions and pressure on us without keeping a promise, uh, you know, made to the world, we have no option but to explore a new path. This is where it gets really weird. He says, we do this in order to protect our sovereignty and achieve peace on the Korean Peninsula. And that was basically what he, you know, that was the meat of, you know, the threat and the kind of contentious relationship and contentious statement put out by Kim Jong-un. He says, now that North and South Korea decided on the path of peace and prosperity, we insist that joint military exercises with uh, uh, with outside forces uh, are um, in deployment of war weapons, such as an outside of strategic assets, um, should no longer be... Uh, should no, he says, sorry, uh, this this translation here should no longer be allowed. Sorry, it's very, very small font. I could not see. Uh, but he, he gives that from his uh, North Korean palace, of course, within North Korea. And he says, uh, basically, you know, we want to do denuclearize things, but if you make us mad, we will use all of our weapons, and then the world will actually be denuclearized, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, I don't know. Anger is a subjective term that can be infringed upon someone, and I'm a little bit worried that it could be infringed or already has been infringed upon Kim Jong-un. It's the Jade Wardy Podcast, episode number 59. So I think that's it. There's not really much else to cover. The government has been shut down still for... Let's take a look. Drumroll, please. Can we see how long the government has been shut down? It's been shut down for 13 days, 13 hours, 44 minutes, and 48 seconds as of 12.44 p.m. on Friday, January 4th, 2019. Uh, Is there really anything else to talk about? I don't know. I don't think so. Check out this new intro for the podcast. Isn't that good? I like that song. Maybe we'll make it the, the official theme song. It's 12.45 right now as we're wrapping up this episode. And I'm glad that uh, you could join us. We have 27 people uh, right now in the chat room. Please share, like, rate, review this podcast on iTunes. We're now officially syndicated internationally. So if you want to go ahead and check us out on uh, places like Google Play, uh, iTunes, uh, uh, other various podcasters like Overcast... Uh, there's so many Anchor FM. We're on. We're on all these places now. It, it's almost too much for me to count. For the latest and, world and national news on technology, politics, and more. Listen live to the Jay Doherty podcast on j-doherty.com. There's my little plug there. Official plug for the voiceover. Thanks everyone for listening. I will be back next week to talk about news, politics, and more.